If you want to find the right girlfriend or life partner, you have to choose her out of an abundance of potential partners. Because the less choice you have, the lower the probability that you're going to find somebody with whom you have a high degree of compatibility. And compatibility is the number one predictor for success in a happy relationship. So to create an actual abundance of choice, you'll have to first create an abundance in your mindset and an abundance in your action towards women. And this is exactly where most men fail so epically. The number one question I get asked on Instagram is, how do I get my ex back or how do I get this one particular woman? And we've all been there where we had this one-itis, where we had this crush on one particular person and we went to sleep thinking about her. We thought, if only I could have her, my life would be complete. We obsessed about this one particular person who A, we've never really invited for a date or second, who rejected us at some point in the past or third, who maybe just stopped responding to our messages, which is in essence, most of the time, a very polite form of a rejection. So we obsess about her. Now, the most important thing you have to understand is that the one doesn't exist. There's no such thing as the one. When I say the right girlfriend or life partner, there's multiple ones. I mean, look around. The universe is actually factually abundant. There's 8 billion people, something like that, in the world. Half of them are women. 10 to 15% are roughly in the right age group for you. How could you possibly think that given the limited amount of people you've met in your life of social interactions, even though you think it's a lot, it probably isn't, that you have found the one, your soulmate. That is an absolute and utter nonsense idea. And the sooner you can let go of that, the sooner you can free yourself from these little crushes that you have or even a full-grown case of one-itis. And it is not to say that if you meet an amazing, a special woman that you shouldn't feel excited about being with her. Of course, if you meet somebody who's actually right for you, somebody with whom you have a high degree of compatibility physically, emotionally, in terms of your core values, of course you're going to be excited to spend time with her. But there's a difference between being excited and wanting to spend time with her and needing to spend time with her. And men get needy when they experience a lack of abundance, in other words, scarcity. Most men are so deeply rooted in a scarcity mindset that it leads them to chase after women. And then we have social conditioning that reinforces it. I mean, think about music. How many songs are out there that are like, I miss you, I love you, I'm sorry. And the problem with these thongs is, thongs, the problem with these songs, pardon me, English is my second language, keep that in mind, that they actually sound really good. Like bachata, for example. My friend Jonathan, uh, who's also a coach in my coaching program, he's a salsa and a bachata teacher. And he says he hates most of the bachata lyrics because they're so beta. You know, they're like, oh, I love you. They idealize this person who probably isn't even right for you just because she gave you a little bit of attention at some point in the past or because you've imagined this potential future together. So most of the music that you listen to actually reinforces a scarcity mindset. And you have to understand how bad your life is going to be if you don't make a decision to commit to abundance. You haven't fully understood how bad it's going to get yet. Maybe you've experienced it in the past. I personally was married to a woman who absolutely wasn't right for me. The reason I got married to her in the first place was purely because I was psychologically attached to her. I did not choose her from a variety of different options. What happened to me is what happens to most people. I just kind of stumbled upon her, right? We stumble into the relationship. Most men meet her through their social circle. And that's exactly what happened to me. I went to Ireland for a martial arts seminar. She was helping her uncle out, who's one of the most amazing karate teachers out there in the world. 
And then I met her by accident. But I didn't consciously choose her. She was just there. I was so deprived of female attention that I was like, oh, something is better than nothing. Never going through a screening process, never evaluating whether there's an actual degree of compatibility regarding your core values, your personality, and your lifestyles. So you just kind of stumble into it. And then after a while, what happens is our ancient biological brain kicks in and you get used to the presence of that person. And then you call that love. You have to understand that our brain was shaped during a time, predominantly 300,000 years ago, where the people who left the tribe died either of starvation, they got killed, or at the very least, they lost the chance to pass on their genes to other female members of the tribe. So we are all ancestors of people who are afraid to lose, to lose the tribe or to be outside of the tribe. And we trust, therefore, we trust people more who we know. And that creates connection. If we meet somebody we haven't seen in a long time and we've had a connection, this actual measurable release of oxytocin in your brain, it changes your neurochemistry. But don't confuse that with love. It's super important that you differentiate between love, neediness, and desire. Neediness is this idea of this crush. I need this person. You don't have an abundance of options because you haven't used online dating. You haven't mastered that. You haven't learned how to meet women in real life. They keep losing interest in you on the date. So you have an actual scarcity right now. And therefore, you get attached to that person and then you have this crush, you have this one-itis. This case of like, I need this person, I need to be with her. You fantasize about her, maybe you listen to some sad Ed Sheeran songs, and Ed Sheeran is amazing, by the way, but you reinforce that scarcity mindset. And neediness is very different to desire because desire is wanting. Ooh, I want. I want that goal, I want that person, I want a high-quality social circle. Desire is amazing. Desire is actually very spiritual. What does Alan Watts say, one of the greatest teachers of all times? What do you desire? Elliot Holtz, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Desire is a very powerful source of insight into the potential path that you should take as a man. If you're ever lost in life regarding dating or relationships, for example, ask yourself, what do I really want? What kind of a person would I really like to have in my life? So it starts with desire. Desire is amazing, but desire is wanting as opposed to needing. You're perfectly fine not having that person. Your existence isn't threatened. Your happiness isn't dependent on the approval and the validation and the affection of this one particular person. That's neediness and that's toxic as hell. Men kill themselves over that. Men go into deep phases of depression over this concept because nobody's told them that it's just a mistake in thinking. It is just a mistake in thinking. Scarcity is simply an error. It's not true at all. So let's briefly finish the point and talk about love. What's love? Well, as defined in most spiritual traditions, love is the sensation of giving. You can love family members and there's just this connection. You want them to be well, this deep sense of connection and wanting to give, wanting to see them well. You can love your dog. You want to see the dog be well. You want to see the baby grow up and prosper and be healthy. You want to see nature prosper and develop and maybe recover in certain parts of the world. That's love. That's the pure sensation of love. Whenever you want something, that's not love. That's either desire or neediness. Desire is perfectly fine. Neediness is where it gets dangerous. So understand that first. You have been socially conditioned to live in a constant state of scarcity. Movies have reinforced that. Will Smith, 
we could talk about that some other day, who made the movie Hidge. He actually talked about that on a podcast a week or two ago. Somebody invited me on a podcast here in Dublin, and I briefly addressed this uh, Will Smith event and what led to it. So when the podcast comes out, maybe it's already out by the time you watch this video, definitely check that out. He released a movie called Hitch, where he basically teaches a man how to get a woman, doesn't matter whether she wants him or not, we're going to get this person. I'm going to cut I'm going to put this pen in your pocket right at the perfect point in time and you're going to hand it to her and she's going to love you and you're going to do these dance moves and not those dance moves and then she's going to love you. It's never about changing your communication. It's never about improving your inherent value as a man. It's never about becoming more confident. It's about, it's actually a very creepy movie. It's a fun movie. It's a really, really fun movie to watch. But you watch that and then you see, well, maybe I should just creep after women. Funny enough, most people would agree that creepiness and stalking is totally weird and socially unacceptable unless it's presented in such a funny way like in the movie Hitch. So movies have conditioned you. Music is constantly conditioning you and you have to be careful because sometimes it feels really good to listen to these sad songs, doesn't it? It feels really good to remember her, your ex, this one person that you like to be with and to listen to some sad songs and some romantic music. It feels really good. That's an emotional addiction. You're emotionally addicted to a state of victimness, to a state of sadness. And you have to differentiate that between every now and then it's just nice for the soul to listen to some romantic music. I personally love bachata. And I can sadly never learn Spanish because of that. I said to Jonathan, I'll never be able to learn Spanish because if I do, then I won't be able to enjoy the music anymore because right now it's just amazing. The rhythm, I can dance to it, Fernanda and I, it's just beautiful. It's sensual, it's amazing. But if I hear the beta music, oh, I love you so much, I miss you, you're the only one for me. I'm like, ah, oh, cringe, it hurts so much. Because I know how much men suffer because of this. So that's the first thing you have to understand. Now, how do you cultivate an abundance mindset? First of all, you have to change your peer group. Most men around you reinforce that mindset. Most people that you know are either unhappily single or unhappily married or in a relationship. That's absolutely and utterly true. The men who actually are in a happy relationship are far and few between because very few men have actually gone through the process of creating actual abundance for themselves and then choosing that person. So most people who you take advice from are absolutely and utterly not qualified to give you dating and relationship advice. If your knee was broken, would you ask your friend to perform knee surgery on you? Why not? He has two knees. Surely he must know a thing or two about knees, no? No, just because he had two knees, you're not going to let him perform knee surgery because otherwise you're never going to be able to walk again. Dating is a little bit like open heart surgery. If you don't have an expert with you or at least a friend, a cousin, a father, an uncle who's gone through the process themselves, who can guide you along the way, you're most likely going to lose that person. It's quite a fitting metaphor because you're going to keep burning dates. You're going to keep burning opportunities. And that concept is something we're going to talk about a little bit later. This idea of abundance versus actually appreciating real life scarcity which is real because it's not there's not infinite time there's not infinite abundance so we're going to talk about that in a few minutes but you're going to lose people unnecessarily if you don't have the right kind of guidance and more often than not these men they're emotionally addicted to that person as well they're not in a strong negotiating position in their relationship most men are what's the term they're pussy whipped in their relationship now 
Are there men who treat women terribly in relationships? Absolutely, that's the case. And it's horrible. Men and women suffer equally in relationships, 100%. It's really, really bad. Now, the institution of marriage heavily favors women, but both people, I mean, both genders really, really suffer in relationships. Why? Because they've never gone through a process of consciously evaluating their options and choosing that person. So your environment is keeping you stuck. So you need to get mentors or at least find friends who've gone through the process themselves. Find somebody who has an amazing dating life, who has an amazing social life, somebody who's in a genuinely happy relationship, not this fake front. And it's going to take some time to actually be able to read the signals. Is she disrespecting him very subtly in public company? You, the more you go through the process, the more you study the dynamics of attraction, the psychology of man-to-women relationships, the more you'll become aware of these subtle... Oops, subtle toxic behaviors men and women exhibit in relationships. So be careful who you take advice from. Change your peer group. doesn't mean you need to drop your friends, but add people who are successful in this area of their life. If you're successful in your career or your business, or at least you're ambitious, the success that you've already created in certain areas in your life, you've been able to get that. Why? Because you've modeled other people who were successful already. Be that in real estate, your business, your career. You've learned from people who've already walked the path. So why not do the same thing here? Next, you have to change the inputs that you put into your mind. That wasn't very eloquent, my apologies. But you have to feed your mind with the right kind of information. Earlier we talked about music and we talked about uh, movies. You can still listen to music, but maybe listen to a different type of music every now and then. Watch different types of movies. Listen to a different type of YouTube content. Don't just scroll through Instagram and TikTok and watch videos that have very sad music playing in the background that emotionally engage you, which can be very good for marketing, admittedly, but it can fuck with your uh, attention span quite heavily. And more often than not, it conditions you to embrace scarcity as your modus operandi. So understand that you will consciously have to choose the information you allow into your mind. Listen to specific books. Read books like Sex at Dawn, book coaching programs. Study it yourself. I don't care whether you do it with me or not, but you have to dedicate yourself to feeding your mind with strong information. Because if we hear something often enough, we're going to believe it at some point. I mean, I'm German, right? We're in the south of, the south of Germany here. It's absolutely beautiful. Why is it that so many Germans have been able to manipulate, uh, were manipulated into hating this one particular group? Why was it that so many Jews were killed by so many Germans? Why is it that you got Germans to go along with that? How were you able to get people to commit such horrendous and terrible acts? by changing the information they were exposed to. Yes, whether socioeconomic factors, of course, were people poor, blah, blah. Of course, these things play a role, but it's mainly the input that was constantly fed through them because the radio was heavily controlled by, the, by Goebbels, for example, if you're a little bit into that. They had a propaganda machine in Germany. They were controlling what was in the radio. Not too different from today, is it? So if you don't consciously take control as to what information you allow into your mind, you're going to be a victim of circumstances. You're not going to be able to consciously create your life the way you want it, at least in, your area, in the area of dating and relationships. And you're going to end up with an inferior relationship. You're going to be very, very unhappy. Or the worst thing is you're going to be mediocrely happy, which is going to lead to resentment seven years down the line. Let's be honest. Les Brown says most people fail in life not because they aim too high and miss, but because they aim too low and hit. So change your peer group, change the information, and three, start taking massive action. 
There's a concept called proof, not promises. It's not enough to give your brain the proof that there's, uh, sorry, the promise that there's abundance in life. Oh, people love me. That's absolutely good. And you have to feed that, but that's just the first step. You then have to take action because there's a part in your brain that's very much connected to objective reality. And if you don't present yourself with evidence to the fact that what you said beforehand or what you heard is true, at some point you're going to start doubting. If you're like, there's an abundance of women who are interested in me, but you never actually see it, are you really going to believe it? No. So you'll have to start using all the tools that are available to you to create an actual abundance of choice in your life. Master online dating. Learn how to meet women in real life. Right? Study the dynamics of attraction and learn how to get and keep her interest. Really take a lot of action. Get out there. And usually I say for men with busy careers or a successful business, five to ten hours, five to eight hours per week is all you have to be able to commit. We've spoken at length about the 112 hours that you need per, sorry, that you have available to yourself per week. And you only need five to ten of those. If you can't even dedicate five to ten percent of your waking hours to something as important as your dating and your relationship life, your future life partner, the person you're going to have a family with, then you're not serious enough about it or you currently have certain limiting beliefs. Let's see. I took a bunch of notes. What else do we have? You create an abundance mindset by one, changing a peer group, changing the information, starting to take an action, proof not promises. And let me talk a little bit for a second about the experience of abundance. When you actually do it, you don't even know how good it's going to get. Let me tell you that. You don't even know how good it can be to have a variety of women who are interested in being with you. Not just being at the mercy of the one who happens to give you a little bit of attention because she happens to be part of the same social circle. Actually consciously choosing the right person you want to go on a date with from a variety of options, feeling desired by attractive and amazing women is amazing. I believe that we as men, there's two things that we need to conquer in life. One is this whole dating and relationship thing, and the other area is business and career. And whenever we make progress in that area, we feel deeply alive. There's a part in our brain that goes, yes, bro, you are on the right path. So, but I'm only going to be able to give you a little bit of an idea. When I tell you this, maybe you'll feel a little bit, of, a little bit inspired, but you actually have to get out there. The feeling of being desired and then being with the person you want to be with, not because you have to, but because you choose to, is amazing. Yes, you have to become confident while getting out there, having a good plan, having the right mindset, but have in order to find that person, right? You have to become confident to find that person, which is a process in and of itself. But having that person also makes you super confident. Imagine you're attending business meetings, galas, parties, and you have this amazing woman by your side. Yeah, I chose her. And here's the interesting thing. The next part is super, super important. You're not with her because you're afraid she's going to leave you. You're not with her because deep down you know that you can't do any better because you haven't proven it to yourself, because you haven't created actual abundance, but because you've chosen her. And therefore, you really, once you've experienced abundance, you'll never truly fear the loss of a female partner ever again. Counterpoint to that. We are all at some point going to experience moments of fear when We've started to love somebody over the course of many years. Of course, we don't ever want to lose the people we love. That's not what I'm talking about. But once you've made the experience of actual abundance, you're like, yeah, if she were to decide decide to cheat on me with some inferior man, I'm joking. (laughs) If she were to decide to leave me, God forbid, she dies. If something terrible happens, I'm going to be okay. Do you want that? No. Are you still going to be sad for a little bit? Yes, of course. Are you going to be depressed for a couple of months? Never again. Never again that's going to happen to you because you've experienced that you're actually able to walk out onto the street, shopping malls, bars, nightclubs, Starbucks, online dating apps, 
metaphorically speaking, extend your hand, communicate your personality authentically and effectively, and there'll be an abundance of women who'll be happy to walk that journey with you of life. But that's an experience you have to make. So creating abundance is not just important to choose the right person, but also to keep her. Because if you're constantly afraid, or at least a little bit worried on the inside, that you're going to lose her, you're in a very weak negotiating position in that relationship, and you're not going to set the necessary boundaries, which is going to lead to her not investing in you. And as you know, we only value what we invest in. She won't really see you as attractive and valuable. Therefore, she's going to lose interest in you. She's going to start disrespecting you. And the relationship is going to crumble later on. So abundance is absolutely one of the most important things you could ever commit yourself to. Next thing. Abundance versus burning opportunities. There is actual real scarcity. It's something that we have to address. It's not like, it's just abundance. Look at the mountains. Look at the clouds. It's beautiful. So I can just burn all the opportunities. I can just do a thousand approaches. Doesn't matter how I do it. I can just go on a bunch of first dates. If she wants to meet me again or not, doesn't matter. No. You have a limited amount of time. So you want to be efficient. There are some women would be amazing for you that you might meet in the next one or two months. But since you haven't studied the dynamics of attraction, since you haven't committed yourself to learning from free resources or paid resources, you haven't made the decision to really learn about it. You're going to go on a date in the next one or two or three months with a woman who might actually be right for you. That might happen to you. And you're going to mess it up. And then it's going to take you another six months to find somebody of equal caliber. Obviously, if you increase the uh, quantity of the interactions you have on a weekly basis, that may be reduced. But they are actually this actual scarcity. Now, are you ever going to get to a point where, oh, I lost that special person. Now I'm screwed. I'll be alone forever. I'll die alone. All that nonsense. No, you're going to die alone if you don't make the decision to take this serious. But there'll always be more amazing women. There's an abundance of amazing women. Now, nine out of 10 people you're going to meet, you're probably not going to want as close, intimate friends. You can wish them all the best. You can be super nice to them. But to allow them into the close inner circle, that's most likely not going to happen with nine out of 10 or 19 out of 20 people. So you have to understand cognitively that there's scarcity, but your inner attitude, your mindset, the one that you carry, that carries you through the day, 95% of the time, that should be absolute abundance, especially when you're in the interactions. So on a meta level, you should be rational, be like, there's abundance and there's scarcity. Both exist. Okay, so I want to commit myself to becoming the most efficient communicator so I don't burn these opportunities and I don't waste another seven years or go through a divorce, lose half my shit, all of that. So that's scarcity. That is real right? It's absolutely real, that cost. But at the same time, when you're in the interaction with her, when you're writing on online dating apps, when you're on the date, when you're doing the approach, your mindset has to be abundant because it's going to come through. Your attitude is going to transpire. There's something called mirror neurons. People feel what you feel. If there's a degree of rapport or at least a little bit of it, she's going to sense whether you're truly abundant. So one thing that I would like to invite you to do is to obviously put the previous steps into practice, but also create a network of high quality men around you because they ground you in real life. I cannot overemphasize this. I've worked with men from all around the world who are very successful and most of them do not have enough high quality male friends. They ground you in reality. If you lose a girl, it's not going to be half as bad. It's going to be 1% as bad as it may have been if you don't have these high-quality male friends. And you can find them. Go to expensive gyms, right? Go to the golf, join golf clubs, right? Go to some expensive places, masterminds, online. But like, they should be somewhat in your near vicinity because you need to see these people on a weekly basis. No matter how introverted you think you are, at least a couple of days a week, you need to have high-quality contact. And the last thing 
to really drill down this idea of abundance is physiology. It doesn't matter how convinced you are that there's actual abundance in this world if you don't take care of your body and your physiology and you don't view sunlight 30 to 60 minutes after waking up the way Andrew Huberman teaches it on his amazing podcast. If you don't exercise, if you don't go to the sauna, if you don't meditate, if you don't take care of your posture, if you don't take care of your physiology, and there's a million more techniques to take control of your mental and emotional state, then your mood will be bad. That mood will only, if you feel, if you have, uh, pardon me, if you have negative, sad, angry, frustrated emotions, and they're very strong, then out of those fearful, sad, angry, and frustrated thoughts are going to originate. So the mood you have is going to dictate the quality of thoughts you're even able to experience. So if you don't take control of control, uh, you don't take control of your unconscious, in other words, you exercise, which changes the neurochemistry, dopamine, serotonin boost, cold exposure, social contact is amazing. If you don't take control of that, if you don't reduce alcohol, take out most of the drugs or at least heavily reduce it, if you don't do that, you're not going to have the physiological capacity to feel good enough to have positive thoughts. So this was a really important video that's very, very dear to my heart. If you put these things into practice, if you keep reminding yourself of the truth that is abundance, the truth of this universe, that there's more than enough for everybody, you're going to have an unbelievable dating and social life and you're going to find a truly high quality relationship. If you want me to help you with that personally, apply for a free initial consultation call. I wish you all the best.